Welcome to episode 168 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce Sharper. Hello. And Matt Cassell. That's me. It is October 11th, and we are coming to you from the spooky... I don't know if that's going to pick up on the new mics. I don't think it will. Uh, But you calling it out will. Yeah, well, Matt just poured a giant, loud-ass, fizzy can of coke and fucked up my entire intro about hey, you mentioned spooky mcsauce studios we sat here for a whole hour shooting the and, shit and candlelight what's today's date october 11th october 11th i would be remiss if i didn't wish my big brother a happy birthday uh that's mcsauce's own tidal wave tea uh we have no more uh, episodes named after anyone more than Tidal Wave T. So I would like to wish him a happy 39th birthday. Paul, he's almost as old as you. Almost, almost. Tony, happy birthday, happy buddy. Birthday, happy birthday, Tidal Wave T. I feel I've never met him, but I feel like I know him from all his. I'm not 39 yet. Hijinks and adventure. You were 39 30 years ago. So. <laughs> 69. Oh, hey, 69, uh, dude. No, uh, my brother um, was supposed to come with us on the McSauce field trip to The Force Awakens, but when we had our uh, re- reservation seats mishap, um, he kind of bowed out. He said, I'm not waiting in line. I'm not going. Um, I know that I'm the patron saint of... Um, large splashes but i am not going to be a part of uh the line waiting for the force awakens in late december it wasn't that bad it wasn't bad at all it really wasn't i think it worked out pretty well yeah you know what else works out pretty well housekeeping with ian sharply there you go there's no line for you to wait in at mcsauce.com you can just get right in anytime you want Go to mixsauce.com. You can check out the web comics, Paul's lovely reviews, as well as this podcast. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, and the old school golden oldies, mixsaucepodcast.libson.com. So let's, why don't we get right in? Paul, you didn't tell the listeners what we're going to talk about tonight. They're frantically checking their feed what we're gonna talk about tonight since it is mcsaustober and week two and we want to get spooky we like you know last week we didn't really get spooky you know we didn't really you know we put a we put a a toe in the water i would say last week a little bit baby toe baby toe in the little bit of baby toe in the baby pool in the black lagoon (laughs) it wasn't even in the black lagoon it was in the black baby pool your fucking local public swimming pool like it wasn't baby pool dude this isn't the 60s I don't know. Is this Trump's America yet? Is that is that what's going to happen? Black baby pools? I don't know. Matt made a reference I didn't understand. What the fuck is a black baby pool? Oh, like segregation, you asshole. You should know that. Don't oh. you like that stuff? <laughs> Colored <laughs> drinking oh, fountains? Well, that is funny. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk. We're going to get a little, try to get a little spooky tonight. We've got, we're recording by candlelight. And we're going to talk about this homicidal clown phenomenon going around the world. Now, Ian, we're counting on you as being our resident news watcher to kind of lead the way with that discussion. Okay. Okay, great. We're also going to talk a little The Horror of Dracula, the 1958... 58? The 1958 Hammer Classic. 
Uh, starring Christopher Lee as Dracula and Peter Cushing. Star Wars' own Peter Cushing as Van Helsing. I like how Christopher Lee is not Star Wars' own because he's in the prequels. <laughs> well, he's. I feel like he's done so much shit. Like, Christopher Lee's not... Star Wars specific. To he me. belongs like, to no fucking Peter Cushing genre is, or like I've because I, I don't think I've ever seen Peter Cushing in anything but A New Hope. Well, I've that's seen fair. Christopher Lee and other stuff. Yeah, and we're also gonna close out the episode with grievances with Matt Cassell. Everyone's new favorite uh, segment. So I've been. I we all know. By this point, I don't watch the news. I keep loose tabs on what's happening in the news via Twitter. I don't watch the actual news. Uh, anything that's being reported on Twitter may or may not be true. I just try to piece it all together. And just decide for yourself what's <laughs> right. real and what's not. Right, 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 right. So, like, from my perspective, um, people are dressing up as clowns. And just kind of hanging out in parks and dark alleys and creepy places. Not really doing anything wrong. Just being fucking scary. Right, right. Like, as or far as or I being know, charming, depending upon your take on clowns. As far as I know, no one's been harmed. No one's been attacked. Like, people are just fucking getting their rocks off. Scaring people. Well, it, it's, And this is the time of year for it. It is mixed Worldwide, it is McSaustober. What better time to dress up as a clown and hang out at your local park? It started off in South Carolina and kind of has moved up all the way up to PA, where people have been sighted just kind of, like you said, hanging out at the edge of the forest. I know there was a... Well, the news report I heard tonight was from Minnesota. so it's Oh, like, it's spread it's everywhere spread. then. Yeah. yeah uh, it, from what I understand, it started out in the, the southeast of, of America and it, the, the initial reports were kind of clown, people dressed up as clowns doing strange stuff like offering candy to children. You know, like the most disturbing kind of shit. How, Handing out candy. How weird. hard is the first dude that did this? He's stroking his shit like, look what I did. This was me. I was the first South Carolinian that did this. He must really, really, you know, be patting himself on his uh, on his polka dotted back at this point, I think it's a pretty good idea. Well, there, well, I don't think it's a good idea, but it's like it's kind of neat that it's caught there, on like this. How many people have died? Uh, zero people have died. No, I thought somebody got killed. Did somebody get killed? I don't. I don't remember seeing anybody so getting. I killed. was told somebody got killed. Okay, well, this apparently may or may not have been started by Rob Zombie's new film and a lot of people think that it might be viral marketing for the new film well, that's which cool is which would be cool but what's his new film called sharply I, I have absolutely no it's idea. it's called 31 want to know why it's called 31 why is it called 31 because that. it takes place on october 31 aka halloween which just so happens to be out of all the 365 days of the year october 31st is the day when more people go missing in this country than any serious? other day. Yeah. Is that did you just make that up? No, Matt cited this multiple stat? times on this show, so you know really? it's true. 
Yeah, he said it a bunch of times before. I don't remember saying it a bunch of times, but it would have been true all the times that I said it, at least based on what I've heard. I don't have hard facts and figures to back that yeah, statement. Yeah, cite your sources, up. man. Where uh... the thing is, Ian. The thing is, Ian. I don't really back anything up with any kind of concrete sources. Nor because... do you get as upset as I do whenever challenged. You kind of slough it off, or I'm like, "Oh, fuck you guys." Pretty much, yeah. As long as it sounds good. Then it is good. Um, I do know... So that's unsubstantiated. Because I was pretty excited, and now I'm like... Hey, well, okay. So I saw some promotional shit early on when Rob Zombie was talking about this movie, and he said his inspiration for making this movie was something that he had read where October 31st is the day more people go missing than any other day out of the year. So this comes from Rob Zombie. And if you want to call Rob Zombie a liar, you're going to call a man with the last name Zombie a liar? Shame on you. Well, as you know from last episode, we're over zombies. So That's true. His word is... Are we over Rob Zombie? No, we're still into him. His movies are kind of scary. So, um, Ian... What's your favorite Rob Zombie movie? I like the first Halloween movie. Good pick. Yeah. Solid pick. Yeah, I thought that was good. Um, did he do House of a Thousand Corpses? That was his first movie, Paul. Yeah, I know that. Did you see it? I did see that. Did you like it? Uh, it was no, not. It was okay. It was fine. Yeah. I, I prefer Devil's Rejects. See, I find that interesting. I would have thought you would have liked House of a Thousand Corpses better. Ian, as you know, The Devil's Rejects is the sequel to House of a Thousand Corpses, but kind of not really. Like, it has a really different tone than House of a Thousand Corpses. House of a Thousand Corpses almost has a tongue-in-cheek kind of feel to it, almost a little silly, but The Devil's Rejects is serious and intense and uncomfortable. And it kind of takes some of the fun of horror away from me. You like your horror kind of slapsticky? A little cheesy, a little yeah. bit, a little bit. Like, and it can be, you know, I'm fine with a lot of slasher movies and stuff, but there was something a little too serious about The Devil's Rejects. Like, it, it kind of took the fun away from the horror, which is interesting because I think his Halloween movie is a bit serious. But yet there was still parts of it that I didn't take quite as seriously as The Devil's Rejects. Well, I think that's why I lean toward Devil's Rejects, because I want it to be a little more serious. Oh, okay. That's why I don't like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's so fucking silly. It's it's, it's so silly, it takes away all the creep factor. But the Jessica Biel Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like that, they play it straight. And it's fucking scary. It is scary, but like, there, I feel like The Devil's Rejects is different. There's something uncomfortable about that movie that that isn't present in things like the remake of The Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Halloween. Or you didn't think that the remake of Chainsaw Massacre was uncomfortable. It was, but in a different way. Yeah. I feel like the scene that I really keep going back to in The Devil's Rejects is kind of that like weird rapey scene where he like makes the woman in the hotel get undressed and like it was just weird. I thought, you know, it, it just 
it didn't feel like a horror movie anymore. It was just you were watching a rape scene. Well, rape is horrific. I suppose it is, but it, I would prefer to watch people get stabbed than raped in my movies. To each his own, right? Everybody has different tastes. I mean, no offense, Jodie yeah, Foster. Yeah, I mean, but do, you can do stabbing seriously without, like, you know, any, like, weird, like, tongue-in-cheek, over-the-top, silly Right, things. I understand. And, like, the... Um, like, it makes me think of the, um... House... Last House on the Left remake. With the I, Rape in the Woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never, yeah, yeah. Is, I never saw that That one. movie is disturbing. Well, isn't the original disturbing up. as fuck? Like... I never saw the original, but... The, that remake was just holy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, kind of. When I think of uncomfortable horror, uh, The Hills Have Eyes is the one that just jumps Ooh, out. Yeah, that's, that's pole position. <laughs> yeah, did Immediately, you, the remake. Yeah, the remake. Paul, did you go with us whenever we went with a big group of our friends to go see that? And we're sitting in, we're sitting like in the front row because one of our good friends, it's, the original The Hills Have Eyes is his favorite movie of all time, quotes at movie left and right it was like christmas day whenever the remake came out and we all went to the theater together we're sitting there in the opening credits i remember a, a, a couple of people just got up and left because they were disturbed by what was going on in the opening credits of that film yeah i wasn't there for that but just in the opening credits yeah yeah at oh, least they didn't two, even get to the fucked up part. at least two couples left yeah i don't know what they thought they were going to see but you know, there were more uncomfortable scenes in that movie. The The one that jumps out to me is the trailer rape scene of the pregnant daughter where he's like sucking on her lactating breast or something. Yeah, that's that. That's where I was like, wow, this is really fucking disturbing. Yeah, it, it, it moved well beyond, you know, just like, you know, like killing. It just got super super fucked up i never saw it you should go see it i want to i know you guys have talked about it like it's you know the mother of all scary movies. too much hype then forget it's it not, don't it's not even don't check it out it's not even scary movie like that movie it's didn't scare me it was yeah it was just super uncomfortable it was really awkward i watched it by myself and um yeah it's just fucked up it's not scary mm-hmm. it's fucked up it's people being taken advantage of, I think, is part of why it made me uncomfortable. They were just in such a, a bad spot. They had nowhere to go. They were at the mercy of these fucking freaks. And they they just got uh, taken advantage of. I thought, of. <clears throat> if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that uh, like I, I think Hostel is scary. And the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake is scary. Those are scary movies because those are realistic things that I mean it's not out of it's not out of this world to get caught in those kinds of situations where you where I mean you just, you just can't get out and like the scariest scene in that Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake is when Arlie Ermey has them in the, the police van. car or was it the van Yeah um, because they finally think oh well, fucking you know cops here right. you know, we got this and then like in that scene like that's when you realize that he's in on he's 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 in on everything and they're fucked 
and that feeling where it just settles fucked. in where you're like oh oh there's nobody here to save us we're fucking dead yeah yeah and it's it's it's, it's like that panic there that like no way i'll panic and it's just super super scary like you know super not like the uh, the grudge the grudge scares me i hate when you talk about like, the grudge. because it's that like spooky, fucking shit. spooky visuals and shit like that that fucks me up but like the the realism of like being stuck in a town where you know the guy that's supposed to get you out of it is the fucking head of the household that is pro cannibalism like you're fucking <laughs> he, he's got a button it's a uh, so you mentioned Hostel, Eli Roth, the director. Um, is this going to get back to the clowns at some point? Eli Roth is the director we of Hostel. We talked about all the clown stuff, I think. Well, there's a few other details we can get into, but I, I wanted to bring up, um, in the, in the double feature movie called Grindhouse that came out back in 2007, um, it was pretty cool because they made all these like fake trailers in between the double feature. And, uh, one of them was called Thanksgiving, which was supposed to be this horror movie with this pilgrim looking bad guy. And this little trailer, this fake trailer was made by Eli Roth. So it looks like a, an old horror movie from the early eighties. And, uh, and I wish so bad they would make that movie for real. Like, out of all the cool trailers and stuff, you know, Machete was one of them. And what was Mach- it again? Machete. And uh, and I think he might even know Karate, but I'm not 100% oh, sure. Oh, he absolutely does. Now, uh, they made two movies. Two Machete... Boy, it's hard for me to say. Machete movies. Uh, they made two of them, and yet we haven't even gotten one thanksgiving movie do you think that will ever get thanksgiving i don't know man like maybe maybe probably not but maybe because like the trailer was so good it had great killings you know cheesy dialogue girl naked on a trampoline paul i like bouncy boobs there was a part do you remember and i think this part was played by eli roth where there's like a couple making out in the car the convertible, I believe. And the girl's like, okay, I'm going to blow you now. And she like, throws her gum out. So and Eli sexy. Roth like hurries up and takes his um, pants down. And you see his overly hairy legs. And you hear like this really over-the-top graphic sucking sound. And then, um, then she like reaches up to, like I don't know, put her finger in his mouth or something while she's blowing him. And so there's this, no there's no head. So this is your speed. Your speed of horror movies. No, dude, dude. Like can't be silly. Paul, horror Paul. Movies. I have lots of different speeds. Did you see Krampus? No, with, I didn't. Um, no, I Parks didn't. Parks and Recs. What's that kid's name? That guy with like the big head but little face. Um, I want to say Michael Scott, but I know that that's actually not correct. That was, was the boss can- on the office. That, that was a, yes. that was. Uh, Steve Carell. Yeah. Now, um, his name was Ben on Parks and Rec, but I can't think of what his real name was. And I'm sure all of the listeners are like getting upset at us for not knowing. Don't worry. That, it's for, coming. Did you see Krampus, It's Paul? coming. Adam Scott. I got part That's of it why. right. His name is Ben Wyatt. Yeah, Adam Scott was in Krampus. And yeah, did I feel you see like it? He's got a tiny head, or a tiny face on a gigantic head. 
And Paul, did you see it? I didn't. Okay. I didn't, but it seemed like the kind of movie that would toe the line between the kind of serious horror that I like and the campy horror that you like. Well, see, that's the thing. I do like some campy horror, but I also like the more serious stuff, too. Um, I you enjoy. you just like campy? Well, that's not true. No, it's true. We're done. Next topic. <laughs> Paul, what's your favorite horror movie? Uh, probably the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The remake one? Yeah. Ian? I like that one a lot as well. I like The Ring also. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That scared the living shit out of me. We really? Went to go, we went to go see it on a Tuesday night, mm-hmm. empty theater. How do you poo-poo the grudge? But the ring is it's, okay. Cause it's, because you're afraid of the girl going, uh, well, I'm kind of turned on by the girl doing that. Well, and afraid of her at the same time. Like, you know, creepy, creepy girls. Well, like Samara creepy. from The Well is... Sort of the same character. She kind of. She's more. She was the original version of that, and didn't come with the goofy croaking that kind of takes you out of the moment. Fucked up, yeah. Motherfucker, because, go because down to your fucking does... basement when you get home tonight, <laughs> and um, pretend you hear that croaking from a corner of the basement, and tell me how fast you run up those fucking stairs. Oh, it would probably be pretty quick. I'm a big pussy. I don't think you'd use the stairs. I think you'd just come up through the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) See, Samara has the thing that scares me the most, which is creepy things in the distance crawling slowly towards you. That nothing fucking scares me more than that. In the new Blair Witch movie, you get a little bit of creepy stuff. Oh, did you see that? I did. Yeah, I I like the new Blair Witch movie. Did you see that, Matt? No. You get a little bit of creepy stuff slowly creeping in the distance. Um, is it Insidious that so, has some okay. of that as so well? So in, in the Grudge, you get Wilson? you get um, uh, like surveillance, like camera hallway footage where like the girl's way down at the end, and then you know she's up a little bit further. And there's like a flicker, and she's closer. Does I, that do it too? No, I think those those jump cuts like that kind of takes it. Away, like like it's not as scary. Whenever they quit looking behind me, now you're scaring me. I was looking at Matt because Matt was looking behind you. (laughs) But yeah, jump cuts. You know that does. But slowly creeping towards you, Um, Matt. You might remember this. It's in a issue of Spectacular Spider-Man. It it's a vermin. I remember vermin, and it's the first issue of this arc with vermin where he he breaks out and fights mm-hmm. spider-man and the there is uh the first couple panels i think it's a it's the first page eight panel breakdown of vermin in the corner and then he starts getting up and starts creeping towards the door vermin was awesome and that that drawing scares me i, I don't wanna, i want to go look at that issue now. i don't remember i could find that issue of spectacular spider-man love, we'll have to this. break this it is, out this is interesting yeah yeah but it it it, it's scary when things I, like realize that you're there and menacingly slowly creep towards you. Yeah, that's I think that that's a, a really good uh, a good thing. Like out of all the things that can creep you out, that is a quality one. There's a new movie. Um, God damn it. I can't think what it's called. Uh, oh, it's called the The Bye Bye Man. Did you guys see the trailer for the Bye Bye Man? No, that sounds really silly, but I bet it's pretty scary. It, I thought I showed some people, mm-hmm. and they all seemed to think I was stupid because I think it looks creepy. Like B Y E, yeah, B Y E, B 
B-Y-E-M-A-N. Uh, the B-I-B-I man? Well, two buys make it straight, as you all know. Well, the, the imagery is just a guy in a cloak with long fingers. So there's a... We'll have to watch the trailer after uh, after we record, but there's a sequence in the trailer where this dude wakes up, or maybe it's a girl, I don't remember, wakes up and, and they sit up in bed and they look across the room, shadowy room, it's dark. Girl you know, in a bra. Your, your eyes kind of might be playing tricks on you and, and he sees kind of the shape of a figure, but maybe mm-hmm. it's maybe it's like, uh, you know, a hoodie or something on a on a dresser you just but then like he kind of like rubs his eyes next thing you know the whole the thing is like in his face or whatever and it's and it happens really fast that's kind of creepy too yeah um that reminds me also of like that sequence and what was it the trailer for annabelle where you see like what was it the it, through the doorway like there's a crack and you can kind of see into the hallway and what is it the doll or some girl like runs at the door do you know yeah, what I'm talking yeah. about yeah yeah I saw Annabelle yeah well, that, and that makes me think of the mama trailer where you're looking through like the crack in the door into the girl's room and the girls are on the f- floor playing and then you see feet hovering at the top of the door jam mm, yeah I don't remember that. Mama was terrible, by the way. That's just like... The um, short film that Mama was based off of is horrifying. uh, You know, in Insidious, Rose Byrne is walking through... uh, It's a a one-shot where it follows Rose Byrne as she walks through her house and she's looking for... I think she's looking for her kids or she heard a noise and she's walking and she goes into the kitchen and turns back around and starts back retracing her steps and the you can see like the camera doesn't pan or make a big deal of it but in the background is this gigantic monster like hiding in the corner (laughs) and she just walks past it real calmly and it doesn't move or anything but it's fucking there and it's so fucking scary (laughs) i've officially reached mcsaustober uncomfortable level (laughs) (laughs) he knew he could get you there now paul uh, out of all the like horror movies and everything some of your favorites texas chainsaw massacre and hostel do you have a, a specific moment or scene in these movies that is just so terrifying to you is it the the cop uh the, the cop in the van in um no, texas it's, chainsaw um, it's the well like i i won't i won't watch texas the texas chainsaw massacre remake like i'm, I'm Sure, at some point, like I'll, I'll sit down and watch, it, but like I don't, I don't want to watch it. Yeah, but like I haven't seen the Grudge since I've seen it, and I think it's because it's it's the scene where, um, the dead girl is coming down the stairs after Sarah Michelle Gellar, and she's coming, she's crawling down head first, and she has that. I like, remember that. That was in the trailer. The real like shaky, like yeah, yeah. camera work, and she's real. Looks like stop motion. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. kind of stop motion, and she's kind of bent like a spider. And her hair is snaking down the stairs before her. Uh huh. And like, yeah, that just—it's just so—it's so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's uncomfortable because I don't like it because it makes because, my penis hard. Yes, because what you love <laughs> is long, straight, wet hair, and, and it's it, coming to kill me. Right, right. As you're coming. Yeah, that, <laughs> like that scene is just like. What about like you, sharp. I feel it in my spine. Do you have a? particular scene that just just makes you super uncomfortable 
Yeah, I mean, like like I was talking about before that scene in um, Insidious where Rose Byrne's walking through and the things, you know, that creatures moment. just in the background fucking scares me really bad. How about you, Matt? Is I don't know. No, not really. What's your favorite? Um, we didn't we didn't get to what your favorite horror movie is. Well, my favorite horror movie is probably the original Night of the Living Dead. Um, you yinzer. <laughs> uh, but. God, I love so many horror movies. Uh, I think the original Evil Dead for all, I like Evil Dead Two better mm-hmm. for a lot of nostalgic reasons. Maybe just sheer entertainment; it's funnier. But the original Evil Dead is scary. It's a really well-made horror movie, um, and um, I think I think Halloween. Both of them, both the Rob Zombie one and and the John Carpenter original, are two of the best horror movies. I think the Rob Zombie one is infinitely scarier, you know, because yeah. like, let's face it, movies that were made like in the eighties or before just really aren't scary. Like they maybe maybe The Exorcist, although I didn't think The Exorcist was particularly scary. I didn't think it was either. Um. And and as we'll get into the horror of Dracula, it's not real scary. Um, but well, I, I, we're all working on a built-in knowledge of horror films and all the things that we've experienced for all the years that we've experienced them, and and the way that our sensitivity is towards what is what is scary now um, is is totally different than in the fifties, sixties, or seventies. What could be considered scary? I I gotta stop moving. Well, no, that's true. Um, and and yeah, I mean, it has a lot to do with what we've been exposed to. Um, but you know, taking that into consideration, I just don't think anything basically pre nineteen eighty five is all that scary. You know, like last Halloween, I watched the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Hadn't seen it in years. It's just not that scary. Like I wanted it to be. Because I, I can tell you this, when I was a kid, it was terrifying. Terrifying. I can remember vividly watching that movie for the first time when I was a kid with my brother, the birthday boy. We were watching that movie on HBO, and my dad warned us. He said, you guys... like, How it, old were you guys whenever oh God, your I, parents let you watch... Eight, maybe? Really? See, yeah. Yeah. I think I was a little bit older before my parents were like, okay, you know, you can watch these yeah. like R-rated movies. Yeah. I don't know how we were allowed. I think he, it was one of those deals where he was like, guys, don't watch that. But there was yeah. no solid parenting going on, especially with my dad. My dad was pretty like, like he would say things, but little things like that you weren't real worried about you were worried if like you accidentally put a hole in the drywall like then you need to worry <laughs> but you didn't need to worry if you were watching like maybe a bad movie mom would bust you for that dad was a little cooler so he'd be like guys don't watch that you're gonna have trouble sleeping tonight and we were so into it we didn't care we were like oh, this is really good and you guys were little horror hounds, horror pups. If we were, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we we kind of shared that. That was one of the things that we both enjoyed together. But um, we were, I don't remember if we watched the whole thing, but I remember we watched a huge chunk of it. 
and we used to share a bedroom and we went to bed that night and we were fucking terrified. We, when the lights were out and everything and the shadows were on the walls, we couldn't fall asleep. I remember I kept thinking that Freddy Krueger was going to come out of the closet and, and kill me. And, um, and I had to concede to, I guess my mom probably that I was too scared. I think I ended up sleeping in their room, but yeah, um, that was terrifying. Not so much at 36. Whenever I was younger, it like I, we I wasn't eight years old when my parents were letting me watch R-rated films. I think it I was probably I was much older. I was probably like eleven or twelve, uh -huh. somewhere around there. Yeah, my, it must have been twelve. And I remember my dad. He he went out of his way and was like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna sit down and we're gonna watch like all these movies." And we we. Um, had a, a secondary VCR in my parents' bedroom. My, me and my dad would make popcorn, sit in the bedroom, and we would watch. We watched Terminator. We watched the Predator movies. We watched all the Aliens. Like we did all of that stuff. So um, I wasn't as you know. I was still freaked out because those are you know rough, scary movies for an mm -hmm. 11, 12 year old. But um, I think it was made a little bit better because I was watching them with my dad and I wasn't all by myself or anything like mm -hmm. that. So were there any movies that... What were your first horror film experiences, Paul? Mm. Um, probably, uh, probably It, the miniseries. Right. But wasn't that when you were like... 11, 12, 13. Like, you were a little older then, um, right? When did that come out? Like, 86, I think. I think it was after that. So you were fresh out of college. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, yeah, like, the first... Like, I, I, I didn't watch... I didn't watch anything. Like, I didn't see anything. I remember, like, as a kid, like, I've, I went to Halloween. I went to Halloween. I dressed up on Halloween as Freddy Krueger. Mm -hmm. But... I don't think I ever sat down and watched it at that point. Mm -hmm. But, like, yeah, back then, like, Freddy was fucking scary. Yeah, oh, yeah. He was super scary. I think he and was he, scarier to me than Jason. He's a lot. Point. Well, he, especially if you look at him in the first movie, because he's. Oh, shit. It came out in 1990. I knew it was later than that. Holy shit. I was you were 12. 12, any. 20. Yeah. Freddy Krueger was really scary in the first one compared to what he became in the later ones because, first of all, Freddy is kind of cute. Fred Krueger is a scary fucking name. Fred Krueger is the name of a child rapist and a murderer. But Freddy, Freddy's your friend down the street. Freddy is normalizing Freddy Krueger's uh, behavior. Right, but Fred Krueger, terrifying name. Touches kids' buttholes. Right. Yeah, Freddy would, like, I, I, I didn't, like, I don't know when I started watching, when I started getting into all that stuff. Like, my mom watched Dark Shadows when I was a kid. And, like, that, that freaked me out. Even though they never showed, like, rarely, rarely would they show Barnabas, like, Draculaing out with the fangs and everything. <laughs> Like that, getting his drac on. That scared me as a kid. Um, Jaws scared me as a kid. Uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon when I was little creeped me the fuck out. 
the alien with the big blue head in the original Star Trek series. He was always in the credits. Really? Mm, got yeah, him there. That, that scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Like all that stuff. Like it, it wasn't anything that I sat down and watched. It wasn't like full movies that scared me. But those were. Those were the things that all scared me when I was a kid. And now I look at them and now it's all funny. Right. Except for uh, Tim Curry's Pennywise, which yeah. is still Yeah, it's still terrifying. terrifying. The, the, other, the other one that I probably watched right around the same time as um, A Nightmare on Elm Street was the original 1985 Fright Night, which is one of my favorite horror movies to this day i rewatched that recently i think it was on last year I watched yeah it, it holds pretty, up really yeah, well yeah I, I thought so uh i think it holds up much better than a nightmare on elm street um and i think it's scarier too i still think it's kind of legitimately scary in certain parts um here's a here's a fun fact for you paul the guy that is the vampire um is the guy that um, he was in The Princess Bride, the the prince, and he also voiced Jack Skellington in uh, A Nightmare, uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, which is not scary. That's good trivia. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, I don't know who this person is. Oh, well, I thought you would have seen at least one of those movies. Jack Skellington. You've yeah, been well, to Hot Topic before, sir. <laughs> Who who voices Jack Skellington? The that guy from Fright Night. Exactly. That's that's my point. Is it? Uh, you don't have to know his name. That was just giving you a little tasty bit of trivia that you can throw around at your Halloween parties right. or as you're going trick or treating. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Who, who does Jack so, Skellington? Uh, Chris Sarandon. Yeah. Now, uh, what I want to clarify though for everyone. Because this is important. In The Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, Jack Skellington is voiced by Chris Sarandon. Yeah. But when he sings, that's Danny Elfman singing. Uh, it's not Chris Sarandon doing the singing. So I just want to make that distinction. Wasn't Danny Elfman the lead singer in like Oingo oh, Boingo or something like that too? that is Chris Sarandon. That's bizarre. That that's Jack Skellington. Suddenly you know who the fuck it is. Oh, he's been in a ton of stuff. Working actor? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea he, he's the voice of Jack Skellington. That's fucking weird. The magic of Google. What a fact that 10 seconds ago was just a piece of bullshit that <laughs> his dumb buddy Matt was bringing up. Now it's enlightening. Super fascinating. I, it, it, his he's, whole life has changed around. Paul now. is now excited for his Halloween party because he's going to bring that piece of trivia out and be like, Guess what I happen to know? Paul likes personal discovery. He likes finding things for himself, even whenever he's told them. But when he digs into it and finds out what's really going on, that's when it becomes super cool. Don't act like an asshole. You didn't know who Chris Sarandon was. But I also didn't tell me what he said. But I also didn't shit on it either. I didn't shit on it. I just didn't know what it was. No, I didn't. Okay. Did I? I feel like you did. Not that I shit on it. A little bit, a little bit. You kind. This is a fun no, 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 no. This, Chris Sarandon. This is what you did. You farted until you see him. You and farted, then like, and then your cheeks kind of squished together, and you're like, "Oh, did I shit on it, or was it just a fart?" That's what you did. 
I don't think that's what happened. So, um, you watched the horror of Dracula. I did watch the horror of Dracula. Dracula. 1958's horror of Dracula. And I'm going to tell you why. I was. (laughs) I like that we just told the listeners what's been going on around the country with the clowns, but did not weigh in on our opinions on it. It's scary. We did. We did kind of gloss over it, I will admit. And we did kind of leave the listeners high and dry last week because we promised to talk about it and we didn't. Neither of you have seen anything personally. I personally haven't seen anything. However, like out in the field, we haven't seen any real life clowns. Is that the question? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, I, I no, haven't seen. No, I haven't person. seen any fucking clowns. My wife did threaten. She said, "Oh, that would be really funny if I dressed up like a clown and like hung out." I was like, "No, what? no, dear, you'd probably get shot by all these fucking hillbillies around." Well, you know, she could she could take a couple bullets and fuck some people up. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about Tracy dressing up as a clown. But people have gotten. To, to your point before, Matt, about people getting killed or whatever, I don't know about that. I don't people either. People have I... gotten chased back into the woods. Well, yeah, you fucking should, because you shouldn't be doing that in the first place. Nothing, al- if you are nothing illegal clown, about dressing up as a clown. No, but it, it, it's it one is, of the amendments, I think. It is. It is. It's the seventh. It's fucked up. The poor it's, fu- it's fucked up. You know what you're up to. I, you know the kind of chaos that you're trying to incite. You well, know what's going on. I saw Don't do that shit. The news had uh, like video of a clown walking around outside of a bank at night, and the clown was all black and white with black balloons. And fuck that shit. Super scary. <laughs> but they're not doing anything. They're a lot not. Of the time. But what they, would you do if you saw a clown? The black balloon clown. What would you do, Matt? I would not stop, and I would put my windows up driving. And what if I, you were walking? I would walk the night. other way, and I would I would test just how fast I really am. Yeah, like there's, like if, if we looked out, you know, the McSaw Studios windows and saw any any clown standing out back, <laughs> even a guy like, with curly hair would upset I mean, now us. If we saw Larry Fine standing out there. That would be the end. Like, it, it, it would be done. Because it's fucking scary. It is. Now, the thing is, the police are saying, basically, these people can dress however they want. They can kind of do whatever they want. They're not hurting anyone. They're not breaking any laws, you know, for the ones that aren't breaking laws. Um, but they urge people, you might not want to do it because you'll get shot and killed. Um now, there have been some clowns that are trying to lure children into woods, but there's a lot of fake reports, too. A lot of this stuff is totally bogus, and it sounds scary, and it makes people kind of hysterical and everything. But Clown hysteria. It totally is. You know, I saw this hilarious meme. Uh, I wonder if I still have that pulled up. Um, where it said, uh, I don't have it pulled up, but it, it said, um, the world... And what the world said is, um, geez, this is great joke telling that (laughs) the world said, um, wow, 2016 just can't get any weirder. And then God said, send in the clowns. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's, um, like the, the news report I read tonight was that McDonald's is putting Ronald McDonald on the shelf. Oh, nice. Indefinitely. (laughs) Until all this clown hysteria. Is is put to bed. 
All this anti-clown propaganda. And I think I think it was the the Dearborn, Michigan police said, "If you're gonna dress like a clown, we're gonna treat you like a clown." Well, yeah, like I mean, no one can do anything and stuff a bunch of you into a really tiny car. I I feel like I would just be asking for a fucking ass kicking if I walked around. Now, why is it that like I we're all at this table? We all agree clowns are pretty fucking frightening. Why is it that they're scary? Like, what is it about clowns? Is it the is it the the dual nature of like the makeup and what they're supposed to represent? But like deep down, we just see them as fucking murder machines. Is that what? Because we're so familiar it? with all the most famous clowns are all like murderers and rapists. But when John we, Wayne when did Gacy, you ever fucking the like Joker. It? Yeah, Pennywise. Like uh, in our lifetime. Like what's a good famous clown that isn't like like Ronald McDonald? Ronald does. McDonald. He touches kids. Come Bozo. On. Bozo. What does but what does Bozo do? Nothing anymore. But he had the the old seventies game show. He does. Is that what like, he did? Yeah. Yeah. It was a you know seventies. 70s game show it was regularly televised like like but, the, like that those are the last bastions of clown goodness but clowns are fucked up at oh. this point and yeah like john wayne gacy pennywise like homie Joker. the clown was hitting people in the head with the sock i i could uh, damon wayne do you guys are you watching lethal back? weapon by the way no but i hear it's good oh, it's fucking great you should check it out did you guys remember the um the crinkles breakfast cereal commercial what? with we watched it oh, last yeah, year or that. two years ago with the creepy clown the commercial and he's like mm, i love crinkles oh, and it was like from the 50s and as you know, things from the 50s are always scarier, just like the horror of Dracula, which I just watched this past weekend. The horror of Dracula uh, starred Christopher Lee as Dracula. And from Star Wars, right? That from Star Wars, yeah, that Christopher from, Lee. Not Christopher Lee from Lord of the Rings. And he was from Lord of the Rings. I mean, I think he did a little bit of work. He there. was also in, in several Hammer film movies which was a british uh like horror um sci-fi mystery type uh production company um they were responsible for a lot of classic horror movies and by a lot of accounts like they produced the best renditions of a lot of classic like universal style monsters like wolfman frankenstein and dracula but uh, this particular movie, The Horror of Dracula, is it's not loosely based on um, on Bram Stoker's Dracula novel, but it's it's not a one to one, you know, retelling of it. It takes some liberties, um, but apparently, back in 1958, this was the first Dracula movie ever in color. So, this was the first time you saw blood in a Dracula movie. And um, I have to think it was, like, terrifying to audiences who had never seen it. Mm -hmm. But um, it's so funny when you look at it, because it's, like, in that techno color, so it just looks like bright red paint. <laughs> and, you know, there's never any blood gushing or whatever. You can see that it was kind of just painted on Christopher Lee's, like, corners of his mouth, 
running down uh, to his chin. And it's just, it's, they're not great effects or anything. What was great though, was the acting, particularly, um, Peter Cushing. Holy crap. That guy was an amazing actor. I read he was actually a bit of a, a method actor. Um, so Paul, as you know, uh, Van Helsing, he played Van Helsing. Van Helsing was a doctor. Grand so, Moff Helsing. Grand Moff Helsing. And, uh, and he, uh, had to do this blood transfusion in, in the movie. And I guess like he had studied surgeons and like you, you're just watching him do it. And, and it's so deliberately paced and it's, they would never make a movie like this today. Like where you just see the guy like taking the needle out and like, it, it was just so almost hypnotic to me, just watching him do what he was doing that you almost forget like, wow, this pacing is so 1958 and it's not, you know, made for today's ADD audiences, but, um, it was really fucking good. Um, you know, it's interesting. Christopher Lee, he didn't get top billing actually Peter Cushing did, but Christopher Lee is, you know, like on the, on the poster and he's like, he's the face of the movie. He's not in it that much. Like Dracula has a few lines early on and he kind of disappears for a lot of the movie does a lot of like, he's such a physical presence. Christopher Lee, what was he like six foot six or something? And he just kind of floats into the sets and Oh, the sets. Holy cow. I think it was like shot on location. Very amazing looking in Transylvania. Um, uh, no, some kind of, it, it was some kind of like Victorian era, like looked like German type thing. Although wasn't Transylvania part of Germany. Like, isn't that all those names like Roman, German, like Romania, I think. was it Romanian? I thought it was uh, German, but anyway, um, I was pretty pleased with it. I thought it was it was good. It wasn't scary, but the the thing that really made me curious was that I was reading this book at Barnes and Noble that was like the top one hundred horror movies of all time. And you know, whenever you're flipping through those books, you kind of like quiz yourself or you bet yourself. It's like, well, I wonder what's going to be number one. And I think I was like, Night of the Living Dead. That's going to be number one. And you know, you're number number two is the exorcist it's like fuck the exorcist i wonder what number one is and it was the horror of dracula hmm. and you know what it was i think it was um it was like a book by fangoria magazine you know the horror magazine and um so like i kind of took it as like a reputable source to make such a list you how, know? how did you um come across getting a copy of this film because with the demise of Blockbuster, right. I've had a hard time whenever Halloween comes around and we would always go and rent movies. That, Scary movies. Yeah, it would be tough to find anywhere else. Where did you get this? I got it on iTunes. Um, I went to the horror section. You know, you click on genres and horror is one of them. And um, they had, you know, horror movies for $7 or less. And the horror of Dracula was one of the listed movies on sale. And I was like, cool. son of a bitch. I, like, I remember reading about it. I was like, I'm getting that. So I did. It was $6.99. And uh, I don't regret it at all. I'm glad I got it. I thought it was... It Is was, there a rent option as well? Or did you just For that particular it? movie, there may have been. Yeah. Um, but, you know, under $10. bucks, i am I was pretty... You're a baller. You can. Yeah, right. I I did not regret that purchase. Yeah. You know, I do regret a lot of my purchases. 
Um, I struggle with a lot of my purchases before I make them. Um, but this one, didn't struggle to make it, didn't regret making it. Uh, I'm glad I saw it. I would I would encourage you guys to see it too. Um, just to see like how different horror, and, and Dracula for that matter, was treated back then. You know, I saw the 1939 Dracula, the one with... Um, with Bela Lugosi. Not Bela Lugosi, um, the other guy. Was it Bella? Maybe it was Bella Lugosi, actually. Yeah, he was... Yeah. The 1939... 1931. 31. Was his Dracula. That's the one I watched There's another a month ago. Okay. And it's who good. Is, it holds up. Who yeah, is the, it's not bad. Who's the actor who played Frankenstein? Who He played a lot of the other... Boris Karloff. Right, and he did his own makeup. And, and he also that. did Dracula. Did he? Is Boris that... Karloff did Dracula. Okay. Yeah. But uh, a lot of people think that Bela Lugosi is the more definitive version. Uh, I would argue that Christopher Lee is a more definitive version. Um, but uh, Gary Oldman's, he's up there. I'll tell you what, Gary Oldman's was it's was a, cool. It's pretty because, creepy rendition. Because they, they played up all the different phases of Dracula, mm-hmm. like the wolf, the fog, the, the bat, all that stuff. Whereas like in the horror of Dracula, they talk about it like, and Peter Peter Cushing uh, Van Helsing is is studying vampires and and he reveals that like that's kind of a myth of Count Dracula, but that's not true. He doesn't really do that. But you know why the, that's a myth? Production values. Yeah. Well, then then like Dracula does a few things. He gets into some areas and then Peter Cushing has to start wondering, oh, maybe I was wrong about that. Maybe there is more to him. Maybe they can do a lot of stuff off screen. Um, But it it was really fascinating because the three of us truly just know Peter Cushing as the guy from Star Wars. But he has such a storied... What? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He has such a storied history as an actor, particularly in these Hammer movies. And it's really cool to see him play off of um, Christopher Lee, like the two of them. And then, and then I think about the fact that while they didn't share screen time in Star Wars, you got Christopher Lee in Episode Three and Peter Cushing in Episode Four. I think it's kind of cool that, like, that in a kind of a weird roundabout way, they they worked together one last time, um, even at, like years after Peter Cushing died. I think he died in '95. Um, but anyway, cool movie, good movie. I would recommend seeing it if you can. It's still probably if you can give sale. it a uh, rating. Do you feel like you can oh, give it a mix sauce rating I, on a yeah, ten point scale? You know what? That's a that's a good question. Um, I feel like this has to be graded on some kind of curve, just given the era that it came from. I would agree with that. It's hard to go back. The movies from the 60s and the 70s are very difficult to grade because of, like you mentioned before, pacing. Like, everything's different. Um, when MTV came around and the way that you could tell stories in a real quick visual medium, yep. um, all movies, I think, have changed since that point. So. Yeah. I, if I had to grade it, um, I would give it probably a... I'm teetering between a seven and an eight, um, somewhere in there. Uh, you know, it it had slow pacing. There, it was a very simple movie. Mm-hmm. It was only like an hour and twenty minutes. 
Um, and you know, ha- being much more familiar with the Gary Oldman uh, version of it, um, it it really lacked a lot of the details that were in that version, and it it lacked a lot of the creepiness that was in that version. Like a lot of the things Gary Oldman did were just really scary, you know, at least from what I recall. Um, and, um, but yeah, I, I would, I would probably give it a, I want to say maybe an eight cause the yeah. quality of the acting was so good and just seeing those sets, they were really, really cool. Um, sidebar to this. Um, and I know that Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing worked together many, many times, uh, beyond that movie. I do own, um, another movie, a hammer movie. Um, it's the Sherlock Holmes cause Sh- Peter Cushing always played Sherlock Holmes and, um, co-starring was Christopher Lee in the Hound of the Baskervilles. He played, uh, Baskerville or whatever. Um, and I remember seeing that and that's a really good movie too. Cool. I don't know what year that's from couple of movie recommendations from our own Mac to sell older ones um if, if you're into that kind of thing if you have the attention span of a gnat then um, well it doesn't take much even that original dracula movie it's not very long but it's good yeah the, the bella lugosi 31 oh yeah dracula. that's it's, true well the the dracula story is a good story like it's a it, you know i saw the original whatever it was the 1930 32 frankenstein with boris karloff and it's terrible it's it's virtually unwatchable but yet the dracula movie is totally watchable much much more interesting so we're going to shift gears and we're going to talk about another interesting story which is tonight's grievances with matt cassell I'm excited because Ian and I don't know what this is. The segment that's been burning up the iTunes charts. Now, here's the thing, Paul. You're not going to be able to relate to this as well, I don't think, because you don't frequent coffee shops, right? Yeah. You don't go to like Starbucks or whatever. You know why? Because they can't be bothered to have a mainstream soda like Pepsi. Fuck those dudes. Christ. So what happens at Starbucks that I'm not going to understand? Well, sometimes I like to, if I'm off on a Saturday, I like to take this very computer that we're recording on and take it and set it up and start doing some drawing on it, um, you know, some work, put my headphones in, get my vanilla latte, one after another, sometimes as many as four. Let me just tell Jesus, you, it is tons of urinating. Tons. Can I ask you why you go to Starbucks to do that? Because maybe it's the alcoholic in me that likes to sit on my couch and on a Saturday when I'm off drink beer and <laughs> do the same thing and draw on the computer. And Yeah. I, but like I don't like to go out in public and do that. Yeah. I, there's something about it. There's like a, a weird social aspect that isn't particularly social you know that you're you're kind of isolated within you know your headphones and your music and you're kind of cutting yourself off but you're sort of still people watching yeah see i fucking hate that i'd rather be locked into my you hate being in that position of 
being in public with your headphones on and people watching, or you hate knowing that people are doing that. No, 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 no. I, I would not put myself in that position. Like, if I'm going to be doing something, I'd like to be in the 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 best situation to get whatever done the most relaxed where i can do whatever yeah i know you know like jerking off (laughs) now you can't you can't jerk it that like you know when you're drawing and you you feel the urge you're just like this is too sexy i gotta rip my pants right you can't you can't do that at starbucks you gotta uh you know i'll have to wait till i get home well i guess you can kind of like shift under the table or whatever but in this case, I continue to persevere and draw. Just pour a little but, of that vanilla latte on your hand. <laughs> here's, here's where the grievance comes in, Paul. I don't understand. Watching someone else jerk off at Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, how'd you know? Is and I not, just think, is why is that it? not me? So No, here's what it is. I hate it when... Usually it's moms, but sometimes it's like pieces of shit hipster dads bring their fucking kids into Starbucks and they cry and they cry and they cry after a while it's like maybe get that fucking kid out of here nobody like I'm hearing that piece of shit over my headphones that little fucker's not drinking coffee why is he here do you Paul mom or hipster dad's coffee yeah, mom and hipster dad also like to drink beer and go to the bar. Do you bring that piece of shit with you to the bar? It's not socially acceptable to bring a child to the bar. Why not? You I've, don't give a kid a beer, you don't I've, give a I've kid a coffee. But it's wrong because it they might okay. cry and cry and annoy you. You're trying to enjoy the coffee that you came there for. You're trying to maybe focus on, you know, they have tables there for a reason. So you can put shit on them and do stuff. If they didn't want you to do what I'm doing there, like jerk off under those tables, then then I wouldn't be there. But they have invited me to do so. You know what they don't have there? Actually, they might. But I'm going to say this. You know what they don't have there? Children's seats. High chairs. I bet they They do. They don't? Let's just say they don't. I bet they do. I am so unfamiliar with... Starbucks. It is the most annoying thing. I could probably count the times I've been in a Starbucks on both of my hands. Well, you're not a coffee drinker. I'm not an anything like that drinker. There's no reason for a child. And and it's not just like, oh, mom's coming in to get a coffee and get the fuck out with their piece of garbage spawn. This is an unreasonable and offensive complaint. (laughs) This is so reasonable. You've never experienced it, clearly. I have, but like... and I I experienced this recently in a Target where some single... Well, I don't know if she was a single mother, but some mom by herself had to deal with this tantrum child in the middle of Target. Yeah, it's obnoxious, but that's different. I'm not a child fan to begin with. So, like, I'm going to be... I'm going to levy... Uh, cinema justice. <laughs> oh my goodness! On these people, <laughs> because like and I you don't all have, know what that means. I don't have a patience. I don't have patience for fucking kids or like Ugh. any extraneous bullshit. Anyway, it's but I'm like you know what your kids freaking the fuck out at Target, leave Target. Your kids freaking out at Starbucks, 
leave Target. Or leave. <laughs> They did. They took him to Starbucks, and now they're free <laughs> Starbucks. Star- like they're like, I, I get it. I get it. You, you got you got shopping to do. You're responsible for this kid. You right, go right. into this establishment. Like, all right, we're gonna be cool. We're gonna make it in and out. It's not gonna happen. But then it happens, and this kid freaks the fuck out. But as soon as that kid starts freaking out, you gotta go. Just fucking get out until he's done. You know what? If he's not done for hours. Your shopping's done for the day. You're going to have to go another day. I'm sorry. That's what that's what happens when you decide to have a kid. Because that's on you. That bullshit is on you. You don't get to bitch about stuff you decided to do. If accidental stuff happens to you and it's horrible, then you get to complain about it. But when you're like, I'm going to do this and it's going to be horrible, you don't get to complain about it. Well, I agree so, with that. When your kid starts fucking... Crying up a storm and throwing a tantrum, you get out. It's your responsibility to save the rest of the world who decide, you know what? I don't want to deal with this, so I'm not going to. You get your fucking kid the fuck out of there. Be it Starbucks, Target, or any other I think this is your reaction the second that a kid starts crying. Not not I, in a prolonged crying bout. Just as soon as you hear a child, you're like, what the fuck is that get that out of here people have kids kids freak out you're in a public place yeah I'm you should have stayed home I'm that's not, that's my i'm you, not that unreasonable like <laughs> like like sir, you single guy should have stayed home sir oh, oh i should not go to target on the chance that someone has a crying child or you should not be that upset about Look, children get, because it is life. Yeah, and I get somebody, some kid freak. Yeah, I get it, and it's fine. Some kid freaks out. You're having a little, a little bit of an issue. It's a little bit of an issue. But if someone, if some kid is just unconsolable, there is no helping this kid. It goes on for ten plus minutes, ten plus minute tantrum. Get out. Get out. Leave the fucking store. Leave your cart. Don't even put your shit back. Go. When, Just leave the fucking store. When well, 10 minutes is up. it's gonna be even less in Target ge- and Starbucks because, well, I don't know how long it takes uh, that Starbucks trip. I, I don't know. So 10 well, minutes yeah, at Target. May I, how many minutes? Two, two minutes at Starbucks. Guillotine outside, ladies and no, gentlemen. No, no, no. Let, look, wait, wait, wait. Shunk. Give me a second here. Heads are gonna roll. I need to cinema justice. I need to clarify the distinction here between the Target scenario and the Starbucks scenario. The difference is the Target scenario, while I agree with everything that you said, Paul, the difference is the Target scenario is mom is going to Target because she has to get shopping done and you have to bring your kid to do that, right? And that's part of why you're there to do your shopping, whatever. The difference is at Starbucks, while you can bring your kid in to get your coffee, you don't have to sit there and turn it into social hour. That is like more of the choice part of it. That's the part that I have a problem with. If you have a crying kid getting a coffee for five minutes at at Starbucks, fine. But when that kid is crying and you decide to sit down, socialize with your other like yuppie friends with this are they hipsters or are they yuppies Matt you're gonna have to get the it straight the women are yuppies and the men are hipsters get it straight 
I don't. I don't think that's how the how those words. Don't work. worry about it. Aren't wait. They're, they're mean, never together. The parents don't do, go together. Is I, could you be a hipster yuppie hybrid couple? Yeah. Don't you have to be hipster on hipster? They're not. No, no they're, they're not they're, couples, man. It's one or the other. Now, here's the thing. No, I understand. I, I understand the difference between Target. That's and what Starbucks. That, right. Starbucks is just a Starbucks is a novelty. It's a little treat. It's, you don't need that. Like Starbucks need, is a hang. Target is a mission. Groceries, right. clothes. You know, you need shit at right. Target. And another important Diapers and another important distinction is Starbucks is tiny. Target's a big fucking store. At least I can walk away from it. I like I'm not stationary at Target. I can go anywhere to get away from that fucking disaster. I'm at my table. I can go to any corner of Starbucks and I have to still incur the wrath of this screaming. Well, here's here's the big problem. You're a douchebag on your laptop at Starbucks. <laughs> Is that the problem? I'm a douchebag? Right? No, at your um, laptop at Starbucks. When I go to Starbucks Don't be with that guy, go to a fucking cooler place. What's a, okay? Go to a better place. What's a cooler place? McDonald's. You're Give me a, a break, you tard. Lunatic. Go home. There's nothing. You have a home? There's go nothing home. you can get at Starbucks that you can't get at McDonald's. Uh, there are a lot of things. Better shit at McDonald's than <sighs> fucking Starbucks. What are your options at Starbucks? Some Pace coffee items? product or Jones soda. <laughs> well, you can, you get, can get a fucking pa pastry items, which you might want with your coffee product if that's and the coffee products they are have higher quality than McDonald's. McDonald's. Got, they got pies, baby. They not have. Not everybody pies. wants McDonald's pies, but not you know who doesn't? Douchebags. I never get any food products at Starbucks. It's pretty much vanilla lattes. I love those things. Deal with it. You can get a vanilla ice cream cone for ninety nine cents. Actually, you I can get those waffle can... cone frappuccinos. I don't know. Have if you that had is. those? No? no, you're not a frappuccino guy. No, no, no. But um, you can actually get vanilla lattes at McDonald's. They're not made very well. Here's the thing: vanilla lattes are kind of expensive. I shit. I could add this to the list. I hate it when you pay. Four dollars for a vanilla latte. Then why do you go to Starbucks? And then, wait, let me finish. And then you get it, and it tastes like warm water. Like they, it's like they forgot to do anything to it. One time, one time, I brought it back, and I was like, "Could you remake this, please?" It, it's just, it's like nothing. Oh, and then they took a healthy dump. No, then they then they called up their fucking friend with the 2-year-old and like, "Hey, you want to come out here with your horrible child for the next hour?" That's what happened. So that's your grievance for this uh this week for week 2. Yeah, yeah. Your ghoulish grievance. <laughs> the crying child at Starbucks like for for an extended period. We're talking like 15 minutes or more. That's just unacceptable. I don't fucking all... care where you're at. I don't care if it's Target and it's a big store and you can go fucking hang in pharmacy for a while. If your kid is just fucking done on the blood with pressure life, machine. Yeah, if your kid is just like fuck all of this, it's your responsibility to fucking leave. Just fucking leave. I know you got shit to do. It's tough. Your kid fucked it. Your kid totally fucked it that day. You're gonna have to try to do it again tomorrow. Sorry. 
Starbucks, Target, Whole Foods, who fucking cares? If your kid is a fucking raging nightmare, out. There's just no reason for a child to even be in a in a Starbucks. If the parent needs the coffee that much, there's a Starbucks right down the road that has a drive-thru. And you have to get that dumb kid out of his car seat, which I, is a pain in I the ass. It. And this is where and, this is and, where Image Matt Casal is more lenient than myself. Matt's willing to stay Cinema Justice for certain locations. Not me. Cinema Justice worldwide. Hashtag heads will roll. <laughs> now, Matt, one last thing. Will next week's ghoulish grievance be retail related because i'm sensing a trend uh you know it's gonna be related to whatever happens like it's just whatever happens in life man like hey this doesn't just happen to me it happens to you too and you too dear listeners it happens to you i am your voice as long as you go to starbucks and drive in front of michael's send your grievances to at little depressed Matt on Twitter. Yeah, maybe we can compare grievances. That's gonna do it for us tonight. Another rousing episode of Mix Sauce Tober. Thanks to everyone for listening. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. We'll see you next time. new uh you know not too much i i I like the that's really great